Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host, Dustin, doing a podcast for the Mavs. Two wins against the Detroit Pistons and the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, you know, I I know my pods are slowing down a little bit at the end of the season, but uh, you know, the these last few games are just they're they're I mean it's great that the Mavs are winning, but they're kind of boring games. Um and we'll get into that. Um we could first start off with the the Detroit game. Um that Detroit game was actually pretty fun in the beginning. Like Detroit actually put up a fight. You know, I, I know that uh, Detroit's in sort of tank mode, but um, I, I think they've done a really good job to try and win games. Uh, you know, Jeremy Grant didn't play. I, I think he was really the the big name for them that didn't play, but, you know, Cunningham did. Uh, Cunningham had a really good game. I, I do think at some point, you know, Cunningham is going to be an all-star. Uh, I like that they tried. Um, you know, yeah, Jeremy Grant and Bagley didn't play either. Um, I sort of forgot he was on their team. Uh, which, obviously, those two guys would have made a big difference for them. But... You know, it, they, at least they had Cunningham out there and, you know, Sadiq Bey, uh, Killian Hayes, who uh, is probably not a, a starter in this league, but I do think Killian Hayes is a quality uh, rotational guy. Uh, you know, I I do listen to that ringer, and I, I know that, that Kevin O'Connor guy, he, he had Killian Hayes really uh, hyped up, and I, I do think Killian Hayes' defense is something that will keep him basically in a major rotation, you know, because I, I do think if, if Detroit gets a, uh, you know, top three pick and they're able to get somebody like Jabari Smith or even if, if that, that Ivy guy for uh, Purdue, um, who I, I thought, who would, to me probably would fit on this team the most, um, if you, especially if you're going to keep somebody like, if, I, you know, I don't know if Detroit will keep Grant or if they'll move on from Grant or, or what the story on that is going to be. But you bring in Ivy and you, you add him to this team, I, I just I, I think they actually are building something really good. And, you know, it's good to see that, um, you know, some of these teams at the bottom are trying. Um, some of the other ones I, I, I'm a little unsure of, but um, maybe we'll get into that after a while. But. It, I did like to see Cunningham play. He he's he is a very good uh, he's a good quality defender. You know I don't know any sort of advanced stats on his defense and stuff like that. But you know when you watch both them um, Hayes and Cunningham, you know they really tried, and you know that was good to see. You know the, yes they lost Dallas. Dallas played very well. They they shot forty five percent from three. Um, Bullock and Finney Smith both were three for five, and you know Luca had a tough night from three, but <clears throat> everybody else did. Uh, everybody else shot uh, actually fantastic. Um, you know they had uh, was that six guys in double figures, which is what you love to see when Dallas plays. Um, Luca led him with 26, 14 assists, and eight rebounds. Brunson had twenty four. Dinwiddie had thirteen. Dorian Finney-Smith had 13, and um, Green had 12, which was really good to see. He had seven rebounds. 
Green's three-point shooting is something that you could tell he's been working on. Uh, you know, I it's sort of, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm talking bad about somebody, but it sort of makes me mad that, you know, I know Dallas got a title in 2011, and I, I think that's great. But I just think over the past 10 seasons of sort of the wasted draft picks because you had a coach that wasn't interested in developing young players. And I know people look at Dorian Finney-Smith and, you know, even Maxie. And I know Maxie's struggling right now, but I think Maxie will be okay. But And, and that's great that Dorian Finney-Smith became the player that he did. And I think the one thing that kept him on the floor through all those years was the fact that he was a good defender. Same thing with Maxie. Um, but Rick Carlisle's reputation on developing young players is just awful. And to me, I, Dallas's failures at what they were trying to do in the after they won the title when Cuban was trying to sign these guys, at, at some point, you know, prior to um, you know, because I think with Dennis Smith Jr. draft, you know, they had the ninth pick. They really should have got rid of Carlisle back then. Uh, you know, you you sort of wasted even Dennis Smith Jr. He was okay. He was pretty good here. He left and or he got traded. At, you know, and then there's Luca. But just seeing how this coaching staff is putting time into trying to develop the young players and you know Josh Green being that guy obviously because he's the young player you know that none of the other guys are really that young but just seeing the time they've put into um, working with him and you can see the difference and just it, it's frustrating when you don't have a coach that wants to do that because that's that's ultimately how like a team like San Antonio remained so relevant for so long. Um, obviously they had Tim Duncan, they were always going to be good, but they, they invested in their young players in that, you know, you drafted a guy, you know, 23rd and at some point he had to be a role player because if you couldn't develop him into a role player, all of a sudden you were out there trying to sign role players, you know, just, just cause you're picking late in the draft doesn't mean you're not going to get a, a good player. You know, obviously in the 20s, you're not going to get a star, but you're going to get a, you can get a guy who can be a top 10 rotational player. And that's what San Antonio did. They just continued to draft role players. And that's what you have to do because you, if you go out there and you try and spend your way, you know, into bringing in role players, all of a sudden you find yourself over the cap, you know. So it was just, it's just frustrating over the last 10 years to watch just all the draft picks go to waste. Um, the only one really have to show for it is Luca. Obviously, that's the important one. But none of the other ones are here. You know, Shane Larkin. It's, I don't know. Anyhow, that's who we got instead of Giannis, by the way. But um, anyhow, I went on that rant for a minute. But, you know, seeing Josh Green improve... You know, he two for three on his threes, five for six overall with seven rebounds and two steals. I, I just think you're going to need that in the playoffs. Um, you're going to need that for the next ten years. And, and I think it's it's a guy who will be on your team for the next ten-plus years because 
obviously he's not a superstar, but he's the type of player you need. So I, it was just good to see. Um, Bertans was three for five on his threes, and they, like I said, they ended up winning by what was that? Almost twenty points. So you know they took care of business. They only had ten turnovers. Um, Detroit only had ten turnovers, but uh, it was it was overall. It was close in the first half. The second half, I think Dallas really, they were starting to pull away. And you sort of knew at some point Dallas was going to um, take care of business. Uh, I, I think they knew they had to. I think they knew they couldn't beat or lose to another bad team like they did in, with uh, Orlando and Oklahoma City and even Washington for that matter. So the... The game last night, I am recording this on a Saturday morning. The game last night is something that I know probably annoys the commissioner. Portland's team that they rolled out there is just a, it was a who's who of guys. Like, I I knew who Ben McLemore was. I, I knew who the Drew Eubanks was, and he, because he played in San Antonio. But there were a lot of guys that played last night. And I, I do, you know, I try to watch a lot of games to, you know, try and get to know who, you know, some of these other players are. You know, I like basketball. I watch more than just the Mavericks. But the West Coast games are, are tougher for, you know, me. They, you know, start so late. Um, obviously, people who... Um, listen to this who don't even live, you know, in the United States, your, you know, games are at crazy time of night, so I feel bad for you there, but these, like, these guys, I, I just, I didn't know who they were, um, Dallas ends up winning by 50 points, uh, you know, the, the inactive players for Portland was sort of a, a who's who, um, you know, with Lillard's out. You know, Anthony Simons was a guy who was coming on strong when, you know, Lillard went out and uh, McCollum got traded. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, I, I don't even know how many games he played with Portland. And Nasir Little is another guy who um, was starting to pick it up for uh, Portland once they sort of went into. You know, we're probably not going to win anything. And Nurkic, you know, those guys are all out. Joe, Joe Ingles was basically traded because he was hurt. Um, I, I'm curious to see what kind of team they bring back next year. Portland has been – Portland's talked about they're interested in Jeremy Grant um, from Detroit. And that's one of the things I was, you know, talking about earlier, you know, how much is – you know, it, if Detroit can, you know, move from Jeremy Grant, get something for it, a good player, um, you could you could have, you could basically have uh, Bagley take his spot, um, bring you know, draft a guy like Ivy, and you know maybe, you know, at some point they're gonna have to sign somebody because they'll be because I think there's a salary floor. Because if they get rid of Jeremy Grant, their salary is really small. Because at some point, you know, Detroit's going to need a big. But I, I think you can get a big. I think there'll be bigs out there available. But I, I just, you know, 
Portland, if you look at their inactives, you have actually a pretty decent team. And if you if you're Portland and you figure out how to get um, you figure out how to get Jeremy Grant on this team, um, Josh Hart didn't play either. He wasn't an inactive. He just a, was a DNP. And then Chris Dunn, who I like, I said I didn't even know he was still in the league. I was wondering where he was. He hasn't been, he hasn't been able to be healthy for several years. Um, he's not an offensive player. He's more of a defensive player. That's how he's sort of stuck in the league. But you know, Portland next year, if you could keep Lillard healthy and you could bring in some talent along with what you have, I, I think they'll be competing for a play-in spot. I. I I don't know if they're competing for a top six spot. I, you know, I think next year's teams. Um, when I look at, you know, what what there is, you know, teams this year, um, how they, how they look, and how they're probably going to look next year. And, I, you know, I figure. Obviously, Phoenix is going to be up there. Memphis is going to be up there. Golden State, to me, will be better next year. Uh, you know, Clay Thompson is still uh, – he's not Clay Thompson. It always takes a year. I, I guess, you know, Kevin Durant kind of fooled people. But, you know, him getting the extra time because of the whole COVID situation and the late start of the season the next year kind of fooled people – fooled me, at least. So, you know, Clay Thompson's just using this year to get ready for next um, I think Golden State will be a lot better next year. You know, they're young guys like Moody and Kaminga, and maybe even Wiseman plays. That's a guy who <laughs> sort of a disappointment so far. Um, if you can get Wiseman out there playing, you know, 20 minutes a game, helping you out, and then, you know, whatever you can bring in as far as free agents, I think Golden State will be up there next year. Obviously, I think Dallas will be up there next year, and I think Denver will be up there next year. You know, Denver will have Murray. And Porter Jr. back. So um, the Utah is the team I, I'm not 100% sure about. You know, if Dallas could figure out how to get Rudy Gobert, and I know one of the things Jason Kidd said was something along the lines of Powell playing as good as Gobert. I, it's like he's reading the papers, you know, because he knows that Mass fans would love to have Gobert. And look, Dwight Powell is playing the best basketball of his career. I'll give him credit. He's been sort of a punching bag. Um, by me and a lot of other people, right? Because, you know, there is frustration in his lack of rim protection. And, you know, because that, that's real. You know, I'm not, you know, saying it to sort of come up with, like, his ability to block shots is, is just not there. And that's just, it is what it is. I, I don't know if it's, you know, some people have claimed it's his short arms. I, I don't know. But, you know, he had three rebounds last night in 27 minutes. That's that's not good. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith had seven. Jalen Brunson had three rebounds. I think that Brunson is averaging more rebounds a game than Powell. I could be wrong. I, I was My brother was texting me some stuff about that. And I, it's you got to get more from your starting center as far as rebounding and you know, rim protection. And it's just, you know, Powell, if he's on this team next year and he's the backup center and Gobert starts and your backups 
our Maxi and Powell coming off the bench. I don't know if people remember, but that's what it was years ago. Uh, Powell and Maxi were their backup, you know, bigs that came in, and they played so well together. And that's one of the reasons, you know, I think Carlisle started, you know, really liked them. But I, I mean, I have no problem if if they want to keep them and give them, you know, the backup role. But if you can figure out a way to get Gobert, I, I just, I'm sorry, I think this team wins the finals. If if you don't have to give up a lot, if you can figure out how to turn Bertans and Tim Hardaway Jr. one or the other into Gobert, maybe you put a three team to, together, three team deal to where you don't have to give up a ton or whatever. If you can figure out a way to get, you know, Gobert on this team without giving up a lot. I just don't see how this team doesn't compete for a championship. This year, I I, I think they're going to make it difficult on every team they play, even Phoenix. I know Phoenix has this win streak against them right now. But I, I think at some point, in the like when you start playing seven games against somebody, a seven-game series against somebody, um, they start to learn things, tendencies, and I, I think Dallas, if they do make it to, um, like if they were to make it to the third spot, and you know if they're number three, they would play Denver. At this moment, Denver's sitting at the sixth spot. If they somehow get to number three, Golden State plays tonight. Um, from what I understand, Steph and Clay are not playing, but a lot of Spurs players aren't playing either. I think Spurs have basically just mailed it in. They're ready to start the, you know, playoffs. They're just gonna rest their guys until the play-in tournament. Um, the Pelicans. At some, you know, the Pelicans play. I think the Golden State tomorrow. If the Spurs mail it in and lose tonight, the Pelicans will probably mail it in and they'll probably lose tomorrow. So Dallas might be the fourth spot, and right now they'd be playing Utah. You know, the way Utah is sort of collapsing right now, I like to think that Dallas could beat them. And if Dallas can beat them and figure out a way to make, you know, to make that team really, not really tear it down, but make some trades to make some changes. I, You know, they've they got some new ownership. I think Dwayne, Dwayne, uh, yeah, is it Dwayne Wade? I, I think he's part of the ownership group or he's part of the you know front office in some sorts i think he was there to try and keep donovan mitchell there and i think if they want to keep donovan mitchell happy they're going to have to trade rudy gobert because they just do not get along it's it's sort of a known by everyone and there's like no denials and stuff so it's one of those things where they just don't like each other the whole stat about him passing to him twice a game is funny you know if if Gobert's on this team and Luca's passing to him, he's going to get a minimum of 15 to 20 from Luca a game. I mean, like Luca will he'll get 10 he'll get 10 points just off, you know, pick and roll dunks a game. Um and that doesn't include everything else, you know, you'll get from him. He'll just get 10 points just from pick and rolls cuz he'll you know, his length and he's actually very athletic for his length. You know, Dwight Powell, that's one of his reasons Dwight Powell's so good at the pick and roll is he's very athletic. Um, he's, 
you know, with Gobert's length and being athletic, he will, you know, he'll catch and dunk five or six a game. And, you know, Dallas is a team that wears out a play that works. And so they'll wear that play out. Um, so I, I just think with Gobert and his rim protection to go along with, you know, what he can give you rebounding and, you know, offensively with your pick and rolls and, you know, he when he gets the ball close to the rim, it's it's more likely a dunk because, like I said, he's got a lot of length. So he's a guy who can defend other bigs. And I, I just think if you can figure out a way to add him without giving too much, I think you're competing for title. I really do. And I know it's sort of a homer take, but I, I don't see where their big weakness is. Because right now their big weakness is, to me, paint protection, rim protection, and rebounding. So, um, you know, I don't know how much Gobert makes. Uh, you know, I can look it up here pretty quick. But it's... I just, I just think if they could they could figure it out now he makes thirty five a year so if you're gonna put if you're gonna put a couple guys together to make that it obviously Hardaway has to be part of that um, I don't know who else on the you know I could see Utah being interested in Hardaway because of his you know shooting but do you have to put Dinwiddie in that trade? Um, the the money adds up, you know. You could trade Hardaway and Dinwiddie for Gobert. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're doing that, you've got to keep Jalen Brunson. You've got to re-sign him because you, at this point, you really need Brunson to be another ball handler. And you could probably bring in. Uh, I'd be willing to bet that you could bring in Drogic uh, if you wanted to next year. He. I think is a free agent after this year. Brooklyn is sort of a disaster. I think he's going to want to play next year. If you brought him in, he he wouldn't have to pay a ton of minutes. Uh, ton of minutes, he can come off the bench. So, you know, if if losing Dinwiddie gets you Gobert, I, I think you do it. Uh, you know, I and like I said, you got to keep Brunson, and I I think that I I think if you can figure that out. I think this team wins a title. So, um, one of the things that happened last night, I sort of forgot to bring this up, is Luca got a technical foul. Uh, some people believe that they might get a, uh, they might rescind it, but um, with that technical foul, he'll get a suspension. Um, I'm sort of glad it happened tonight's game. If it does go through and he is suspended for tomorrow's game, or last night's game, if if he gets suspended for tomorrow's game, I would have hate to for him to have gotten it tomorrow on Sunday's game against the Spurs, and all of a sudden he's suspended for the first game of the season next year. Because I don't think they would suspend him for the playoff game; they would suspend him for a regular season game, and that regular season game would be game one of next year, and that would just stink. So, if that's the case. If they do rescind it, I hope he keeps his mouth shut tomorrow because I, he cannot get suspended for that first game next year. That would just be a downer to get so excited for the league to start next year and just for Luka to be suspended that first game. So, uh, you know, looking over some of the other teams in the West, uh, you know, the, the Grizzlies are sort of getting into playoff mode. They've lost two in a row, so they're sort of 
mailing it in, waiting for the season or for the postseason to start. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see how they play in the playoffs. Uh, you know, they when Ja comes back, obviously they're they're not as good with Ja Moran as they are without him, which is sort of funny. Golden State, they're another team that's looking to, you know, getting this week off for everybody before the the playoffs start is um, everybody's going to take advantage of it, the top six teams. Uh, you know, Golden State's one of those teams that really needs to get healthy if they want to even have a chance. Uh, I'm curious to see how Steph Curry plays. Uh, I don't remember what his injury was, but, you know, you're coming back from an injury to start a playoff series. Uh, that it would be against Denver right now. Is Jamal Murray going to come back? Has that door been shut? I don't know. I, I don't pay enough attention to some of that stuff. I, I hear things and then I you know talk about them, but sometimes I don't hear things, and so I don't know the answer. Um, Dallas and Utah, like I said, I would like to see Utah lose. I think, you know, when people say blow it up, they're going to blow it up. I don't think they'll blow it up. The only thing I think Utah will do, like I said, is I, I think Utah will trade Gobert if they do lose in the first round. I think they'll trade Gobert anyways. But um, I, I think Dallas has a real chance against Utah and Denver. Even if Murray comes back, you know, how good is Murray going to be? Uh, you know, it'd be one thing if Murray came back for the first round and struggled a bit, but they got past it, and then all of a sudden Murray's playing in the second round. He's, he'd be a different player if he got through to play to the second round than he would be in the first round of the playoffs. So, you know, Minnesota, they got some young players who, you know, Towns played in a playoff series years back when they had uh, Wiggins and Butler. They, I think, got swept in the first round by Golden State. Um, Russell's played in, uh, I think, some playoff series with Brooklyn. So, you know, they play in the playoffs. Anthony Edwards hasn't. A lot of the other guys haven't. So I'm interested to see, you know, how they play. They'll be, if they get the seventh, they'll be up against Memphis. Uh, you know, the Clippers are really coming on strong. They've won three in a row. Paul George is, man, he, he's playing some really good basketball. I tell you, that's a guy who sometimes he's hard to figure out. I You know, sometimes you watch him and you think, He's like a first-team All-NBA player, and he's an incredible basketball player. And then you'll have a stretch where it's like, man, this guy's an all-star, you know, and it's not that he's not playing great. or It's just that sometimes, you know, when you're an all-star, I think you have this, you have these minimum stats and wins you sort of have to reach. I, I don't know, maybe I'm just talking a bunch of garbage, but... I just feel like sometimes when I watch George, I I just watch a guy who's you know a good player, you know maybe a fringe All Star. But then other times I watch him and I think he's a first team All NBA player, and that's probably why you know they really haven't had a ton of playoff success yet. Now they did do pretty well last year without Kawhi. Um, I, I'll give them credit that they fought hard. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see, you know, if Leonard does come back. I, I I don't think he will. He's sort of one of those guys who sort of thinks about himself. I, I think Murray, if Murray could come back, Murray would come back. You know, it just depends on, you know, his health. Uh, to me, Kawhi, if Kawhi could come back, he would think more of himself and not play. 
I do think this Clippers team is has such good role players right now that if Kawhi chose to play and they get the 1-8 versus Phoenix, I really do think that the Clippers could win that series. I think they have everything they need to um, play Phoenix as far as defensive-wise, offensively. And this is Kawhi Leonard with Kawhi Leonard. Even you know coming off an injury, I, I think he can give you enough. I, I think if Kawhi plays and they have the 1-8, I do think they're good enough to win. Because I, I think the Clippers are, without Leonard and with George, they're better than New Orleans and San Antonio. The, you know, New Orleans is a good story. They've played hard to, you know, try and get into this whole play-in scenario. They're going to get the Lakers pick. The Lakers are going to have a good pick, and they're going to get it. So why not go after it? I, I like that they tried to beat L.A. out in that because, you know, they get their pick if they finish so, you know, if so, because I think it's 1 through 10, New Orleans gets it. But if it's after that, it goes to Memphis. So, I, you know, it's I think it's funny that, you know, trying to beat out the Lakers and being successful at it, obviously, and the Lakers falling to where they'll probably have, I think, around like the 8th pick is what people are saying um, with their record. Um the Knicks and the Wizards have fewer losses than the Lakers, so yeah, it would be the eighth pick at this point. And then depending on what those ping pong balls do, um, if the LA ends up with the top four pick, man, if LA ended up with the top four pick and that went to New Orleans, oh my gosh, that would just, man, just add insult to injury. The Lakers season's so bad just to give that top four pick away. Because those top four guys, I think, now, Chet's the only one that I'm not 100% sure on, but I think Jabari Smith's going to be a, a guy who's going to be a, a really good player in that league. I think Banchero's a guy who could be an all-star in this league. I, I know a lot of people don't like his college game. They look at it and they're like, oh, you got to play by the... Eh. You know, college defenses are different. It, it goes back, it reminds me of the... What Lucas said about it being easier to score in the NBA than it is in Europe. He didn't say it because he was trying to, you know, make it sound like he's all that and better. Than that. It's like, no, in in European basketball, the Euro leagues and college basketball, there's no three-second defense. So you can put a 6'10", you know, 7-foot guy in the middle and you can leave him there. And you can pretty much play a, a zone, a matchup zone or whatever. And when a guy as big as Banchero goes to the paint, all of a sudden there's two guys every time. That's that's just how that you play. But, you know, in the NBA, you can't do that. And the scoring is opened up for a reason. They do that for a reason. They want the score, to, you know, to be open. And Banchero, he's already got an NBA body. I, I just think he's going to be the guy that comes out of the draft class that is – um, you know, the all-star. Now, the Ivy dude for Purdue, I think he's a guy who, who could be an all-star as well. Um, I think those will be the two best out of the top four. Um, I think Jabari Smith will be the third best. Uh, you know, I sort of don't know what he is. 
he sort of is like a 6'10 guy that hung out at the three-point line a lot. I saw when I watched them, and I, I was curious. But, again, you know, how do you play that guy in the NBA where there's no, you know, zone? And, you know, Chet's the guy that I just, man, I, I just think he's just going to be a more skilled Poku. You know, it's going to be neat seeing a guy who's 7-2 take a three and hit it. But, man, he, he's not, like – they're gonna put do like Porzingis, you know. You put, you put, uh, you put Marcus Smart on Porzingis in the post, right? And you know Derek Harper thinks it's a mismatch, but it's not. It's what Boston wants, right? Because there's not a lot he can do once he's in the post. He's gonna have to either just turn and shoot, or he's gonna have to pass out of it because he's not backing anybody down. You know, he doesn't have the strength, and there's a good chance that. You could steal it from him too. So I, I just don't know what Chet is. I, I'm curious to see. I feel bad for the team that gets him, and it. He's sort of just a guy. Um, you know, I feel like it's going to be five years before you can figure out who he really is. You know, we're still trying to figure out who Porzingis is. Porzingis has seemed to find his team in Washington. Um, you know, they play a different style of offense. You know, their best player isn't their point guard, so. You know, even when Bill comes back, he's still not a point guard. You know, you so you just bring in a point guard who can run the team without being a scorer and just setting up guys like Bill and Porzingis. You'll have a pretty good team, and Porzingis will have a pretty successful, you know, career there. But you know, um, of course, you could always use Denny at point guard. I think that's what they should do. But anyhow, that's another story. Um, but I, I just I'm curious to see. You know, if L.A. does get that top four spot and if New Orleans, you know, like because New Orleans has a problem where I think some people believe Zion wants out. And I think if you get a top four pick and all of a sudden you're competing for a playoff spot next year, which I, I think I think New Orleans with Zion and C.J. for a full year, if you can get Zion for a full year. I, I think they could compete for a top, top six spot. Um, like I said, Utah's the team I'm, I'm concerned about for next year as far as making it to a top six spot. Minnesota and the Clippers are two teams that I think can compete for that top six spot, um, but New Orleans as well. And it's going to make for a really good season next year if you can bring some guys back, um, especially those two teams. And it's going to be, I think next year's Western Conference is going to be incredible if you get a full year of Kawhi and Zion. Um, and you know, whatever it is that Portland's going to give you with a full roster, you know, cause Portland with Lillard and if they are able to bring in a guy like Jeremy Grant, they're going to compete. There's no doubt about it. And, and as far as the Lakers are concerned, I have no idea what they're going to do, but I just think next year there's going to be some teams out of the playoffs that are going to be some really good teams in the West. But, you know, looking at this year on the East, you know, Miami is the number one spot. And they clinch that. Milwaukee's at number two. They'll probably be there by Monday. And I'll do a, I'm actually probably going to do a pod on Monday. And we'll go over who Dallas is going to play, sort of a playoff preview. And we'll talk about these play-in games. And then I'll probably do another pod after the play-in games to sort of just do an overall playoff preview but you know right now 
Um, Boston and Philly have virtually the same record. Boston's played more games, so they have the same number of losses. So they could finish with the same record. I don't know who has the tiebreaker, so um, that 3-4 spot, people talk about not wanting to be in the 4 spot. The 3 spot being the better spot because Chicago's sort of on a downward spiral. They've won 3 of their last 10. They've lost 4 in a row. It's They're not really good right now. And I think if you're Boston or Philly, you're trying to get that number three spot. Because if you have the number four spot, you got to face Toronto. Toronto is, I, I, I say it over and over again, I think they're the best coach team in the league. They sort of remind me of the Mavericks without, um, well, I, I take that back. Because I, I think the overall talent of Toronto might be better than Dallas. You know, if you take Luka off the Mavs and you compare their teams, I think Toronto has more talent. And they're just a team you just don't want to face. They've won three in a row. They've lost eight of – they've won late of eight of their last ten. Sorry. They've won three in a row, and they're eight and two in their last ten. I'll say that properly. But they just fight. And I just – I love that coach, man. I he is gonna have them competing year in and year out, and they can only go as far as you know their roster. They could sneak out a first round win series win. After that, it's gonna be tough because they don't have. I just like Siakam's really stepped up his game lately, and he's the guy that was supposed to be their you know all star, their guy to be their main guy, and he. The beginning of the season wasn't really there, and they started off poorly. They were way down. I think they were even in the bottom five at some point. But they've worked their way all the way up to the fifth spot, and they're just gonna be they're just gonna be a tough team to beat when the playoffs come. And I'm that's gonna be a really good series. Um, as a matter of fact, to me, the only the only bad series in all of the playoffs in the first round will be whoever play Chicago and I hate saying that because I had such high expectations for Chicago as a matter of fact I, I I'll look and I'll kind of come um, when the season ends I'll go through I actually think I had Chicago finishing sixth but I think I had I didn't have them obviously losing as much as they have but I, I think that three six matchup is just going to be a sweep I, I think whoever's third is just going to sweep Chicago I don't know if Chicago gets any wins they're just not playing good. Um, right now, Brooklyn is 7th. Cleveland's 8. Atlanta, 9. And Charlotte's 10. Uh, you know, Cleveland is another one of those teams that I just hated seeing fall. Cleveland's a team who's going to be better next year. Uh, you know, I don't know if Jared Allen will be back at all for this play-in tournament. I don't... I know Ben Simmons is not going to be there for the play-in tournament. I do think Brooklyn will beat Cleveland if that's who they play. I don't think any of those spots have really been clinched just yet. Um, Obviously, Cleveland and Brooklyn have the same record, and I think they both still have a game left or so. Uh, I guess Brooklyn has the tiebreaker since they're up on them one. Atlanta and Charlotte have the same record. Um, you know, Atlanta's one of those disappointing teams to me. Uh, you know, 
I, that that Rashad Phillips guy, he hates Luca. He hates Luca with a passion, and he thinks Trey is should be MVP this year. I'm sorry, if you're gonna be MVP, you got to be better than ninth. You know, <laughs> when he talked about true value, that team's got a lot of talent on it. Sorry, not sorry. They just underachieve. You know, they overachieved last year, and they've underachieved this year. Uh, you know, they get no defense from Trey Young. You got to play defense. You look at like that NBA math guy, I think it is on Twitter. He has all these advanced stat charts and stuff. And Trey Young is so far at the bottom. He the he's the only one there. He's by himself. Nobody else is with him. He's statistically the worst defender in the league. And you can't be statistically the worst defender in the league and be a MVP candidate. I'm sorry. And people can't stand the fact that Luka's one of the top defenders statistically. When you look at advanced stats, people hate advanced stats so much when they see things like that. They're like, oh, Luka can't play defense. No, he can't play defense. You just don't watch him, you know, because you hate him. So that's just how it goes. So, uh, you know, Charlotte's a team that uh, I sort of thought they would end up where they did. They were better at the start of the year. They kind of um, petered out. There's a rumor that Charlotte might be interested in Westbrook next year. I have no idea why. I just do not know why. If they're giving up Gordon Hayward, maybe. I, I don't know, man. I don't know who wants Westbrook. I don't know why you would want Westbrook. You know, when people were... When I heard stories about teams being interested in Porzingis, I got excited because I'm like, trade him. Because as good as Porzingis is when he's healthy, it's when he's, when do you, you know, how many games a year are you getting out of him is the big question for that. With West, Russell Westbrook is what on earth are you doing with him? Now, maybe, maybe you know, Washington made the playoffs with him last year. Uh, maybe L.A. was using him wrong. I don't know. But... That's just one of those things. Why? Why would you want Westbrook? Um, and I'd be curious if if Charlotte, you know, L.A. refuses to trade that twenty twenty seven pick. So if Charlotte wants that, to take them off their hands, and it looks like Westbrook could be there next year in L.A. So um, as far as you know, looking in, into the future of the East, you know, I think Cleveland will be better next year because Mobley will be in a second year. I think Mobley's a fantastic player. Uh, I think, you know, depending on what Charlotte does, I, I, I don't know. LaMelo Ball is a fun player to watch, but, man, he, I don't know. <laughs> he kind of, he's like there with Trey Young. His defense isn't that great. And so they sort of, you know, they sort of fall. Now, Gordon Hayward, to me, is the key to their success. If Gordon Hayward's not out there, then they're just not a good a team. New York, I have no idea what New York's going to be like next year. They're going to chase players. They're going to chase guys probably like Donovan Mitchell. They're going to chase Jalen Brunson. I, I don't know what they're going to look like next year. The Wizards might actually be a decent team if they're healthy. If you just brought back their current team just with health, you add Bradley Bill, and you know if they were smart, they would start Denny at point guard and – they would play Bill with Hachimura, Porzingis, and you know whoever Crispert or Gafford or you know whoever you want to put. Just, and they're gonna get. A, I think 
I don't know. They probably have their draft pick. I don't know if they traded it. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they did. I don't know. I, I figured they would have their draft pick. But Wizards could be good next year. I don't know. I'm curious to see how that team plays for a full season. How many games is Porzingis going to play and stuff like that. The Pacers, I think, will be sorry next year. Miles Turner could be gone. He could be in Dallas. I don't know. He could be, heck, he could be in Charlotte. They were interested in him. Um, Pistons, like I said, they're still building, and I like what they're doing. Um, I hope they get a top four pick, and I hope they get I hope they get the top pick. Um, I like that they've tried to win here at the end of the season. You know, they played Milwaukee last night and lost. They lost to Dallas, but those are two really good teams. But before that, they won three in a row. You know, they they've tried, and I I like when teams go out there and try. Um, Orlando is a team who's sort of going to be interesting because not only are they going to get a top pick, but they might get some guys back for full season next year. Jonathan Isaac, if he ever plays again, I don't know. Maybe he plays for Orlando next year. Maybe he goes somewhere else. I don't know. But they're going to have a pretty decent ball club next year along with whatever pick they get. Um, I don't think they'll make the play-in, but I think they'll be one of those teams, if they can remain healthy, that's just tough to beat because they'll have some good players out there, you know, with Suggs and Anthony and Foltz. And, you know, you, if you can get Isaac back, you can get Wagner. Not a big fan of Mo Wagner, but his brother is really good, the Franz Wagner. Um, I, I just think they're starting to assemble some talent. And uh, Wendell Carter is a good player. Uh, you know, they just need that star. And maybe that is the Franz Wagner, the way he played this year. You know, maybe he is the star. Maybe they get one in the draft. I, I don't know. Um, I'm interested to see who Orlando gets in the draft and who they get back health-wise next year. Um, like I said, I don't think they're getting into the play-in tournament. But I do think they have some pieces to build upon. That's it. So, um, I know I went through my... Uh, season uh, of next year's a little early next year's preview a little early um, but I'll go ahead and end it there the Mavs do play on Sunday it is a late game for us here in the central time zone 830 I think they wanted to coincide with the other games I think that's how they um, did it so that everybody plays at the same time um, you know, if you know if you know where you are in the standings, I, I don't think they wanted to give anybody advantage. You know, they have all these games starting at two thirty, they have a bunch of games starting at six, and then they have a bunch starting at eight thirty. You know, the Mavs and the Nuggets, um, along with the Jazz, they're all playing at the same time, so that you know nobody has an advantage over anyone. Um, they also put Golden State, I forgot, Golden State, they put them in at 8.30. So they're playing them all at the same time just so they don't have any advantage over anyone. So, Because um, if Dallas knew they were third, of course Dallas has to win regardless to, for them to be third. They can't lose. But, you know, as far as Utah and Denver, they're still fighting for position and stuff. And Denver gets to play the Lakers. Um, that's probably the easiest one. Utah gets oh Utah gets to play Portland. That's even easier. 
Golden State plays New Orleans, which if New Orleans is playing for something, maybe they play harder. If Golden State's resting guys, maybe they lose. I don't know. Maybe you, maybe Golden State doesn't care where they are. I don't know. We'll see. But I'll probably do a pot on Monday, and we'll go over playoff matchups. And then I'll probably do a pot after the play-in tournaments, and we'll do a full playoff sort of preview because we won't have a full playoff preview going until those play-in tournaments uh, are complete. So um, we'll go from there. But um, until next time, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can at the Mavs Outsider. And if you would like to rate and review the podcast, wherever you get it, wherever you get your podcast, I'd appreciate it. Um, But until next time, we'll see you later.